is the Oil Country Podcast. Presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Oil Country Podcast. Presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. As always, I am your host, John. Joining me from Montreal, Quebec is Kyle. Kyle, what's going on, dude? Happy that I got to at least hear about the Oilers winning today because I didn't get to watch it. But uh, but hopefully you're going to fill me in with most of what happened. Oh, we'll fill you in. I'm sure there's a lot of people in your boat too. I, I would think so. These midday games, like even though it's the weekend, right? Like it uh, it still is pretty early. So, um, but nonetheless, still proud of how the boys have played over the past week here. So yeah, let's, uh, shoot the shit and get into it, man. Yeah, man, my my voice is honestly so shitty. Like, I don't mean to sound down because I'm actually so stoked on how the others are playing right now. So I'm just going to be monotone John all episode. But don't let that phase phase you. You know, I'm I'm stoked. But uh, <laughs> before we before I'm we get stoked. into the Oilers talking, we're going to talk about that biz nasty beef with Carcillo too, and then obviously a ton of Oilers talk, including the wins, as well as the Cassian suspension. I might have to eat some words there. We'll see. But anyways, before we do that, we do want to remind everybody, we are proudly partnered with Alley Cat Brewery in Edmonton, Alberta. And we do have a promo code, THPN, as are most of our promo codes. That's THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. Ooh, they had, there's the first voice crack. And um, sorry, if you go in there, Jesus, if you go into Alley Cat, Use that code word, mention it to your waitress, waiter, bartender, whoever, you will get 10% off your bill. And that does count for takeaway items as well. So if you want to grab a six pack and head out, you get 10% off. We are going to be recording there the afternoon of Saturday, February 29th. We are just waiting on the exact timeline. I'm going to be talking to their marketing guy later this week and we'll pass that info on to you. But without further ado, we're going to get into it right away here, everybody. Kicking off before we get into the Oilers talk, though, we are going to kind of give our takes on the Paul Bizonette daniel Carcillo exchange. And for anyone that hasn't seen that on Twitter, I do recommend that you, one, look at it yourself, get all of the information because we're not going to just flat out read the tweets to you. But Kyle's got a good understanding and is going to give us a quick rundown of the events that happened over the weekend. Okay, so there's there's past history already to this before what happened yesterday on Twitter between Paul Bissonnette and Daniel Carcillo, right? Daniel is a very outspoken person who has talked about things he has done wrong in the past, apologized for said things, and is trying to take actions to change hockey's um, both culture um, as well as treatment of head injuries. Things that happen to hockey players, such as like CTE and, and that, right? So, um, which is a fine stance to have for sure, right? But there's been push back between each other because of all of the um say negative sexism that barstool sports people seem to think that they promote uh when in fact like their head ceo and cfo are both women and have like changed their company around like changed how much money that company makes like 20 times over um so there's been fighting between the two of them already um although not publicly publicly sorry so anyways, there was this article that the Globe and Mail wrote talking about how 
well, the, the, the title, sorry, was The Power of Paul Bissonnette, How a Former Tough Guy Became the Most Influential Person in Hockey, which he very much is right now. Their podcast is a huge reason that me and John are podcasting. So you could even say that maybe we have a bias for taking Paul's side here, but I think but we I definitely think so. do. I think that's a good thing to say right out of the get-go. Yeah. Like, we're going to try and be impartial, but we're not going to deny. Kyle and I are both big fans of Spit and Chicklets. So, yeah, go ahead, sorry. But nonetheless, I, I think that that also we're fans, but knowing that history is important too, that they, they had a past history. Paul didn't just snap at this guy. Right. So anyways, that, that got uh, posted from the Globe and Mail and some guy, Joe pack uh, Twitter handle retweeted it saying, Hawk, you just can't wait to reanimate Don Cherry's body, which because Paul's an outspoken, loud, former hockey player, I guess is the comparison, but he's never done anything wrong or said anything wrong that would make that comparison to Cherry, right? That people are upset with Cherry about. So nonetheless, Paul responds to him saying, I'll sit down with you, have a chat anytime you want. I'm sure we may not agree on everything, but I'm sure we could come to agreements on a lot of things, right? Daniel then retweets all of that, Priscilla here, and says damage control after the follow with Ronick. So still going back on something that happened, what, John, like two months ago now? Yeah, less than that, I think. But yeah, like within the last like month and a half, so we, Paul totally blew a fuse. I'm, I'm not going to read the tweet. You can go read it yourself because it contains some language that uh, I don't feel. He, he more or less says coming from the guy that used to call me an N word in the locker room and have a swastika uh, embroidered on the inside of his robe. So more or less just clap back. And then he ended the tweet with welcome to the mud, Daniel in a way of saying, like, you're throwing me into the mud, like, you're coming too. Exactly. So obviously, Twitter sphere fucking absolutely blew up. And and a lot of people went overboard and pretty extreme, like, threatening Daniel's life and whatnot, which well, is like, never Those cool. are some huge accusations, man. Like, <laughs> that's some pretty messed up shit. And I'm not saying Biz, biz is, you know, like, bullshitting or, or whether he's right. Like, none of us know. But all I'm going to say is those are some huge accusations. Absolutely. But I mean, it's not like Daniel is the guy who wasn't known to do that, although that doesn't make it true. Right. But uh, just recently here, like five hours ago from when we're recording, uh, there's a bunch of tweets that he put out both in between like he's posting, uh, sorry, text messages, not tweets and saying, I have nothing to hide. I'll address everything on the podcast. I'll address it right here. Um, and he tweets at Dan, I, I, I'm not going to read it because it's a huge, long novel of a message, but basically talks about how he keeps attacking members of the media for doing wrong and and why is it okay that he can apologize and others can't and, and you know, can't, can't make themselves better after their past mistakes, right? As well as referencing Carcillo kind of throwing shots at Spittin' Chicklets of like five yes. times and... Biz asking him to stop doing that more or less. And then so Biz kind of, no, I don't want to say spins it. Biz phrases it like I fired five warning shots. Like that was, that was it. It's just a, it's a huge situation that just blew off. Right. Um, I, I just don't see it going Daniel's way. Even, even before everybody knows he used to at least be a total piece of shit. And that's like, it, it's one of those things that's so difficult and, and complicated in today's society because, I mean, you look at what JR did and he's an outspoken guy. We're not going to get into that, but he gets fired for that. He loses his job. Now, Carcillo's not 
in a media role. But I think he started a company with the CTE treatment and stuff like that, trying to kind of, he's advocating for it. I'll leave it at that, which is awesome. And he's trying to, it appears to be anyways, that he's trying to mend some shitty things that he did in the past. So like, I'll give a guy credit for that. But at the same time, all, and, and Biz has been posting text messages of all this stuff that Carcillo's saying. And it's like, I just don't believe him in a way. Like, I'll credit a guy for putting the effort in, but it's still like it's hard to take his word at face value, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, and, and just to top it off, right? Like, like again, what I just restated there, right? Like, don't think that it's like you're better than anybody. Why is it okay that you can apologize for what you've done in the past and you're somehow, you know, mightier than thou or holier than thou? But fucking, I was just going to say that yeah. cliche too. I'm glad you did. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like like I even said to to John earlier, like Bill Peters, right? Although what he did, of course, was disgusting as well. But is, is it is it not okay to accept him if he apologizes, even though it was ten years after the fact, right? Because Daniel doesn't seem to think so because Jr. apologized, and he still keeps dragging and he's his still name to the and, it, and it's weird. And like, just to clarify, like my take on that, I think the big difference there is Bill Peters was in a position of power, not saying that it's what anybody else has done is okay or, or even that they deserve to get fired over it. But I do agree that like Carcillo's coming at this in a very, very much holier than now situation well, of like, you're, you're I'm trying to fix all house. this stuff. And it's like, yeah, okay, but so is everybody else. Like, everybody makes mistakes. That doesn't make you better just because you had this realization. And and he, he also kind of, like, I, I feel for not just him. I feel for anybody that's had brain injuries and that it's affected them. But he also kind of uses that as an excuse and, like, as a reason why he was shitty. And that's not okay. Like, you got to own it at the end of the day. Yeah, I just I, I don't like the fact that he's been shitty. Like you, you can change your life around. That's fine. I, I'm all for accepting people that know they made a mistake and and have you know tried to be better. Yeah, second chances. If you can prove to me that you're actually taking the right steps to change your ways and become a better person, I'm all for that. But I wouldn't be the one that's out there calling everybody else out once I was that person. Exactly. That's it. And that's the wildest thing. <laughs> Absolutely wild, man. And the other thing that we're not we're not going to read the transcript or anything, but watch Carcillo's two videos he posts. I think they're both about two minutes long. But he says that he's willing to have an open forum discussion with Biz as long as it's not on the podcast, which I know he has issues with the Barstool platform and stuff, but it's like, I feel like it's just kind of a cop out. Like he knows Biz isn't going to do that. And maybe Biz should. I am going to say one more thing, too, that somebody else tweeted out about the situation, right? Um, just because you re-mentioned the Barstool Sports, right? Yeah. Daniel Carcillo retweeted out, don't let the app Barstool Sports Warriors bring you down. You don't deserve that kind of treatment. Their platform is built to resonate with toxic masculinity, which includes judging, belittling women who are in a position of power and who represent change in sport. Fuck them, right? And then was retweeted back, their C- CEO is a woman, and he just said PR move, right? Like... Again, like, it's okay for you to belittle people that are in power. Like, uh, you know, like, what what the hell is that? So he can be sexist or, like, I, I just don't understand it, man. It just seems very much like he's asking for his own funeral. Like, 
he's the one that did this to himself. It wasn't anybody else. It was Paul being absolutely fed up and, and sick of his actions. There is some, some shit on Barstool that I'm like, they might not be blatantly crossing the line, but they're like pretty freaking close. They toe the line, right? And they know most of their viewers are dudes that are wanting to bro out and, you know, talk about sports and chasing tail and hooking up with girls, right? And like, there, there's some shit that I've heard on the podcast and I'm like, wow, I'm surprised they said that. I'm not personally offended, but I can understand how some people listening to this, like I wouldn't tell my mom to listen to Chicklets. <laughs> well, dude, that's it. I wouldn't take my mom to go see Bill Burr or Anthony Jeselnik or, you know, sure. Andrew Dice Clay. And those are some of my favorite comedians. But if they had to be cancel cultured because people got offended by what they say, like, I'm sorry, they're going there for that entertainment. So if you don't like yeah. it, then fuck off. Like, I, I don't know what else to say to you. Like, as long I as you're not crossing culture. that like hard line in the sand of being like blatantly racist or homophobic or sexist or whatever. Yeah, totally uncool. One, like I know this episode drops on Monday, so when I say tomorrow, I mean Monday. I am so excited to listen to Chicklet's episode tomorrow, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm like really curious what Paul's going to say. As soon as it's on my feet, I'm popping it on. But anyways, let's get on to some, uh, let's get on to some Oilers stuff here, Kyle. Okay, let, let's get this Cassian suspension out of the way. It was the first thing that happened in Tampa. We're not going to talk about this a lot because I know on Monday, the Oilers have played three games since then, and you guys aren't going to want to listen to us talk about this. But I got into some Twitter shit that day that I honestly regret. Like, I don't think I said anything bad, but I think I could have been more clear and concise. And I've been taking notes from some people on how to be more clear and concise and not leave it up to people to interpret what you mean. Anyone that's been following that, I need to make this very clear right out of the get-go. What Cassian did was a shitty, dangerous thing, and I agree that it has no place in hockey. It was a boneheaded move. My gripe that I was trying to voice and that I was fucking up on trying to voice it properly is the overreaction from a good chunk of fans and I'm talking about the fans that are like, he deserves to be suspended for more than 10 games, more than 20 games, the rest of the year. That should be attempted murder. Why isn't he getting charged? Cassian is a psychopath. That's the shit. Like, it was all over social media. And in an ideal world, in an ideal NHL, when guys that make dangerous headshots and dangerous elbows and dangerous cross checks are getting suspended for 10 plus 20 plus games. I'm all with you. Like if that was the case and that's how the NHL disciplined players, I would agree that Cassian deserved that suspension, but to look at what I know is a long time ago and times have changed, but to look at what Todd Bertuzzi got. And then you say, yeah, he deserves an equivalent suspension to that. My big thing was, if you're suspending him, you're suspending him for kicking someone in the chest. He didn't kick him in the neck. He didn't cut his throat. And I know a lot of people are like, well, but he could have. And sure, but someone slashing someone in the upper arm isn't going to get suspended because they could have slashed them in the face. And it was a shitty, shitty thing to do. I can't make that clear enough. But at the end of the day, Cassian looked fairly controlled and he kicked him in the chest plate. He didn't kick him in the face. He didn't kick him in an unprotected area. I know a lot of people aren't going to 
think that see the difference there and they're going to just focus on it being dangerous, which it is. And that's fine. But I disagree with that. I mean, you pretty much said everything I wanted to say anyway. So, and right. like, <laughs> uh, yeah. People were calling for his head. Like they wanted 20, 30 games. They wanted the, the suspension penalty that Chris Simon got when he was stepping on people's legs. Like, I, I don't remember the player did it too. Sorry, but and like that was like vicious, premeditated, pinning the guy's leg to next take a to the ice. Out of the game. Yeah, exactly. Like you're trying to injure him. I don't think Cassian had a conscious intent to injure. Could he very well have injured him? Sure. Not denying that whatsoever. He was but just I don't think there was a blatant really. ent- intent. Yeah. yeah, I think he was pissed that he got dragged down. He was frustrated. He hasn't been scoring very much. Whether that played into it, I don't know. But he's probably a pretty frustrated player. And he made a dumbass decision. And I'm very glad that Cernok, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right, wasn't hurt. And he did hit him in the chest plate. Because it, it could have been a very, very much more dangerous play. And Cassian, I don't think, based off how players are suspended, I will say, and I know a lot of people will disagree with me, I don't think he deserves seven games. I think he deserved four. Uh, well, I was about to say that too. I think it's the only reason it's a back-to-back, right? I was guessing four. I even texted you. I think the max would probably be yeah. eight, but that'd be shocking. And it'd only be because of the back-to-back. And, so- and I'll admit right from the get-go, like during the game, I didn't think he deserved a suspension. And I was out to lunch. And I thought about it. I cooled down. I talked with you about it. And you said four. And I completely agree. Two for the incident and two for repeat offender. But you're telling me Chara the day before intentionally viciously cross-checks a player in the throat and he gets a fine and Cassian's what he did is seven games worse no I disagree with that and props to Evander Kane before we move off here Kyle did you see what he said no I'm actually gonna read this one out this is on Twitter yeah yeah John you're the Twitter boy I I I only read stuff where I'm told to read it (laughs) fair enough (laughs) I'm not a big fan of Evander Kane. Obviously, just being a shark, he's he's made some shitty plays, and he deserved to get suspended for his elbow. But I really think he hit it on the head with this tweet. Just in case anyone hasn't heard this, I'm going to try and quickly read through it. He says, The fact the NHL Department of Player Safety, headed by George Peros, continue to pick and choose who and what they suspend is ridiculous. There have been countless incidents of the same nature through this season and past seasons that have gone unsuspended or fined. No one person can tell you what is or isn't a suspension in today's game. It's become a complete guess. There's a major lack of consistency with NHL Department of Player Safety, a completely flawed system in so many ways. From the suspensions to appeal rights, it's baffling to me how we as players agreed to this. You can't continue to give some players a pass and throw the book at others. There has to be an outside third party making these decisions to remove the bias that transpires in this department headed by George Peros. None of it makes any sense. Right after that, he retweeted the Chara video as well as another elbow that went unsuspended. And as soon as Kane's incident happened, I tweeted out and I I knew he was going to get under five games. I think what he got when you're talking about head trauma, I don't think it's like blatant. Like they're both bad. I think there's a legitimate argument to say that's more dangerous than what Cassian did. And I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me on that. I agree with that. Fuck other people. Man. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. That's why, that's why I got here. No. And I mean, it is a valid, like it, people that disagree with that. It's valid. Like I understand the danger of kicking. 
It has no place in the game. But weren't you the one that argued me like a month ago that kicking should be in the game for kicking in pucks into the net? And I said that this shit would happen right here. Yeah, but for pucks into the net and like, I still don't think it is, but let's not get into that conversation again because we're already going so long in this non. I, I still think it is. How dare you rile me up, Kyle? How dare you bring that <laughs> I up had again? To, dude, I had to take <laughs> Screw you. You throw my words right back into my face. But no, I, I, I don't really disagree with the suspension, though. I, I know we should move on, sorry, but I really don't. Like, I, I get what it came saying, and I, I think that all of them should have been suspended. It is a stupid play. It's definitely boneheaded. I don't think that he had intent to injure anybody or or anything like it. But yeah, just just another kind of boneheaded decision by Cassian, right? People call him a an eighth, and he's kind of sometimes looks like it with the decisions he makes. But there was there was some ridiculous takes on Twitter, man. I was I honestly like I was close to taking a break, and I've been way more calm on Twitter the last couple of days because I'm just. Don't feed the don't feed the trolls. Ridiculous takes by you or by other people. I mean, probably me too. I was pretty riled up, but honestly, <laughs> the other people is what I was talking about. The one Flames fan that everybody knows. I'm not even going to say her name here. She said that he deserved attempted murder. That he should literally be charged. And I think she's trolling. But anyways, let's uh, let's move on to the actual games and how good this goddamn team is playing, though. I know you missed the game on Sunday there against Carolina, but. I can't remember a stretch of hockey this long that this team has put forward this level of consistent effort. Like, they are just outworking teams. They look like the Oilers without McDavid look like Vegas looked in their first year right now. And I'm starting to wonder if Connor, I'm just wondering if he's not a good leader. Oh, man. No, absolutely not. I think they're playing for their captain right now, for sure. But they've been playing better. They are. They've been playing better before that as well. But we were worried that this was going to be a one-line team again uh, coming into this, right? Um, And the entire team has stepped up. Like, Archibald and Shahan still are playing amazing. That fucking Archibald had such a good game today. Dude. I mean, I, I need to watch the highlights after. I watched the first goal, to be honest with you. I did have it on. It was on my phone. I was just like, it hardly pays attention to it. But, just tied uh, up at work. Yeah, I get it. Ridiculous, man. But uh, but yeah, too, like, I mean, how how much can you say about Yamamoto and, and that line in general, right? Like, just absolutely clicking, absolutely on fire. I know he got another goal today, too. So like, On the power play, yeah. Bro, everything's to be happy right now. Even, like... I know I've shit talked Nurse, but Nurse has been playing incredible. So physical, he, man. He's he playing, has, man. Like, Nurse has had a good really decisions. good run. Yeah. They're very happy with the way the team looks. So speaking of shit talking, guys, credit where credit is due. Kara is taking the right steps the last couple games. He looks like he's finding his game again, which I am super stoked for because for a while there, it looked like it was a guy we needed to get rid of. But, you know, fighting, hitting. He had some really good chances in the Florida game, on the, especially on the penalty kill with Dreisaitl. But the other guy we need to talk about with all the injuries, Tyler Benson was called up, got his first assist on the first Archibald goal. Filthy pass, still looking a little bit lost. But on the topic of Benson, I was so impressed slash terrified slash blown away that Tippett, the last two games in one tie game in Carolina and with a one goal lead against Florida, Benson was out with under two minutes left with the goalie pulled. And 
Tippett did the exact same thing with Yamamoto. Oh, I think in his second game. And I think that's just such a huge vote of confidence from your head coach where he's got to see Benson out there and he, he sees the potential, but he's just not comfortable. He's not confident, right? And especially as yeah. a playmaker, you need to be confident. So him doing that and risk, like he was risking the game. Not that Benson's an incompetent player that's going to blatantly mess up for sure, but if they scored there, Tippett would have gotten questions from the Edmonton media, why was Benson on the ice? And he so he risked it, and it paid off. And how good do you think Benson's feeling right now, going into the next game? Getting his first assist. Coach is confident. Well, absolutely. He's riding high. And, and from what I heard, too, like off my phone playing, like Drew uh, Remenda commented quite a bit on Benson and was saying how much he looked a little bit more comfortable like this game in general obviously didn't get to see his on ice performance but uh but from what Drew was saying at least like it it looked like a better game overall even before that empty net situation right yeah for sure no he he was definitely the last uh sorry the Carolina game he looked more comfortable even without the pass like there was still some moments funny enough he literally fell down caught an edge right before he made that pass, but rebounded and, and got the loose puck. But yeah, it's I'm really curious to see how he goes. He's a kid with a lot of talent, still has some skating issues, but with the amount of talent he has, if he can continue to stay healthy, I don't see why he can't be a second, third line winger. Or if he gels with Connor, I mean, I'm not predicting this, but maybe he's even a first line guy. Um, We can't go too much longer without talking about this dude though, man. How good is Leon Dreisaitl? Like, <laughs> we have talked him up and talked him up because it's obvious, right? Like, if I'm not saying we're having any smart takes here. Everybody in oil country knows this guy is amazing. I don't think I knew how good he actually is after watching this weekend's games. Like, he's going to win the heart this year. He should. I mean, if the Oilers make the playoffs, which it definitely looks like it with us sitting in first right now, I mean, he has to, right? Like, he's... I think he's on pace for now with uh, the weekend here, like just shy over of 130, right? So like crazy, man, with the what he's putting up. Like if he could beat what Kucherov put up last year, as well as basically dragging a team in with his partner, Cry McDavid, out for a couple weeks here, right? I take like, offense to that. What? I think this team's coming together, man. I don't think he's dragging anything. He's leading them. No, sorry, not leading. Sorry, not dragging. Yeah, but uh, it's not like it's a Hall situation in New Jersey where he brought them into the playoffs, I guess. But he's taken the the definite leadership role, the team, right? Like it's it's been nice seeing him fill in in McDavid's absence on that number one center spot. For sure, man. Like, and they they honestly that line if they're not they're contending for the best line in the NHL. And that's an Oilers line without Connor McDavid, even when he's healthy. And Leon's leading the way. Like, he's got two very good players that are playing very good with him, and credit to them as well. Like, all three of them are elevating each other's games. And it's awesome to see that chemistry, but he is the quickest player to score 95 points in the last, like, two decades. And I know scoring's going up, but... Still, like that's you look at the season Kucherov had last year. If Leon stays healthy and continues on this pace and stays on that line, and our power play, which is also going to be one of the best of all time, if that continues rolling, 
Dude, this team in two, three years is going to be hot. It's going to be. Man, I don't think so that. I don't even know nice if they're that far away, but I agree. Like, I don't think no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm sorry, but in two, three years, when like Bouchard starts to like and you look at get Leon to the age the that these prime. guys are at, and they're in their prime, and like, yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. It's going to be scary. Yeah, scary team. I want multiple cups, and I want them right now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like it, he's. I think he's going to shatter. I think he's going to blow Kucherov's point total of last year out of the water. He'll beat it by like ten or fifteen. If he stays healthy, I I would love to see that happen. I would. I, I, so, do you think when yeah, Connor comes I think back, could, do you with, think he's like yeah with him. stick lifting Leon when he's got the puck to be like, no man, <laughs> this is my point lead. You're not winning hard. <laughs> no, I should, obviously joking. I'm sure Connor's like super stoked for his buddy. Yeah, no, I I sorry that that reminded me. I I know this is totally off topic, but I I was talking to another hockey fan, a Montreal fan here um, at my job today. And we kind of just started talking about Tom McClellan and he asked what my opinion of his was or of him was. Um, and although I think it could have been better and, and he, he could be a better coach, he's obviously a very good one. The way he handled Dreisaitl in doing what Tippett is doing to Yamamoto and, and hopefully Benson here as well, right? Just instilling confidence. And, and he told Dreisaitl that he could not only just like catch up and try to keep up with McDavid, but be an equal to him, right? And yeah. my God, is he like taking those words that McClellan said to him and absolutely fucking proving him right. And I'm going to one-up you here, Kyle. While we're on the topic yeah. of guys that a lot of Oilers fans don't like, how good is that contract that Peter Shirelli signed him to? Like, could you imagine if Shirelli bridged Leon and he was going to be an RFA this summer? He'd probably get like 13, 14. Yeah. I think he'd be getting paid more than McDavid. For, for sure. sure. Without a doubt. Just with, with the way it goes the, up, you get percentage wise. Exactly. Just with the way the cap rising yeah. and everybody's talking about the new TV deal that's going to kick in in a couple of years, as well as the point production he's putting up right now. Like he's a bona fide superstar. It's not the, oh, yeah, like you don't have the argument anymore of, oh, he's just Connor's wingman. Now Yamamoto and Nuge are dragging him to that level. <laughs> okay, not not funny. Cool. <laughs> I just shook my head. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But talking more generally, and and with that leader, those leaders that we have, this team is starting to remind me of the 2006 Edmonton Oilers. Just with how hardworking they are. And they actually beat Carolina, which is really nice. I'm still bitter and still fuck the Canes. I honestly, they've got an exciting team. I like a lot of their players, but I hate them. I hate them all, every single one. But it, it is like the, the way you're seeing Clefbaum emerged, still not talked about enough. Him staying healthy, he is such a absolute steady monster. Like, I, th I think there's no question that he's a legit number one D-man anymore. I used to think he was a number two and that we should really be looking for that number one right D. But, and don't get me wrong, that would be nice to have. You can never have too many great defensemen. But he is just so steady and Adam Larson is playing about as good a hockey as he ever has. And that's not to downplay it. Like, he's playing unreal. 
No, man. The two of them on a line are just primo shutdown pair. Like you say, like they're both so steady, right? And and just Larson's physicality is just it's insane. And him getting that goal too, right? Like yeah, that was a big goal. Yeah, yeah. No, I like. And there's literally no negatives I can talk about right now on our team that I could think about other than the suspension and the missing of McDavid, right? Like, yeah, it was like really that's the negative. But we should mention uh, Rashog tweeted out today that McDavid is getting testing done on Tuesday, and he's expected to rejoin the team in the next. Well, I guess by the time you guys listen, one to two days. So that is awesome as well as for any fans that are going down to Vegas like I am or going to L.A. to see two games in about a week's time like Kyle is because we really want to see McDavid play down there. I mean, it'll be a good time anyways, but we need our leader back. And I think the thing is when when I compare it to the 06, you see how this team is coming together and like Kyle mentioned, playing for their captain. My only fear is, and I don't think this happens, but just the Oilers' PTSD is, does that change when McDavid comes back? As well as, if McDavid stays out for the expected two to three weeks, what happens when we play LA and Anaheim? We've been playing some very good teams that we we showed up to, and we we played up to their level which I think we're kind of already at their level because I think we're a good team too, but we play what we were capable of. So what happens when it gets to the worser teams? Do we play down to their level? That's my only really fear, but the way this team is rolling right now, as well as the goaltending, we haven't even mentioned it, great performances from both Koskinen and Nance Smith recently. I, I, If they can keep that rolling, I think this team could do some serious damage. I think they can make a run. I'll say it right now. I think, and, and and not in a way of any. Once you get in, anyone can make it. I think this team, with the leadership they have and the guys stepping up, I think this team is good enough. If things go right and they continue playing that way, that they can make it to the conference finals or the Stanley Cup finals. I mean, if they do what you said, they would, right? Like, or or don't yeah, I guess against is. LA and Anaheim, right? Um, I mean, they're in position uh, to have, hopefully, because we have games in hand, right, and the, and the points in our division to uh, to hopefully have home ice advantage if we make it there. But also, like you said, too, like playing for their captain and if they're going to do that when McDavid comes back, like I think that the camaraderie in that locker room with the way they're playing right now, when McDavid comes back, I think it's only going to increase that. They're going to be so proud of the way they played without him there and then adding him back into the room. I don't think that they stop. I really do think that if they can make it through this stretch where he's not here, and if it is that two, three weeks and, and play against games, um, or sorry, play against teams uh, like Los Angeles and and Anaheim and, and others, right, that like you're saying, we play down to their level. If, if we can show that this team is not going to play like that to anybody and just keep rolling, then this is the last stretch of the season, right? This is the time to be getting hot and getting that, that absolute fucking just team chemistry rolling. So... I'm excited, man. I, I think we're making it, and I think we're we're going to be going for for a good run this year. I, I, I really hope so. But I'm, like, downright convinced this is a playoff team. Like, we, we make the playoffs this year. Like, I... Oh, playoff team? I've, I've, I've been convinced for fucking two months, dude. After that de- December little slump there. I mean, I be- I've, I've been I believing like, for two months. I'm convinced now. Like, I will... 
argue anybody, and I know you're the same way, but I will argue anybody into the dirt that says the Oilers will not make the playoffs. Except for the Flames trolls on Twitter. I'm not arguing with them anymore. You mean the Flames fans that just lost like 8-4 to Chicago and are, what, three points out of a playoff spot with three games in hand for Nashville? Yeah, ooh, I'm really scared. And what is Riddick like? He's got like an 8.55 since his stick flip. Congrats, Hockey bud. Gods. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hockey gods, yeah, like you said. Absolutely. And and Vancouver, too. I, I've honestly, I've never jumped into the belief of them. I think they're a year away. I think they've got an exciting team, but I think they're a year away from really being a big threat, to be honest. And I know the standings have suggested otherwise, but, and it's just one game. They just lost 5-1 to the Ducks. Like, I just, I don't see them holding on to the top of the division. I think the Oilers win the division. Just fuck everybody else. <laughs> Boom, here to here first. It is, well, probably not, but. That's not even that much of a hot take. Like, easy, I, I like how that's like, now that I think about it, I like how like right when I say that is finally when the Oilers get sole place of first. I'm like, you heard it here first, everybody. Hot take incoming. Oilers are going to win the division. <laughs> right at their first. <laughs> and probably the favorites, they should be anyways. Anything else you want to talk about there, Cole? I'm good, man. Oh, we hit two empty net goals in one game. I'm just, I don't even need to talk about it, but I just needed to mention that. That's awesome. That's like, honestly, I think it's Connor's fault. I think it is. I think the whole team has been dragging Connor along these last three, four years. <laughs> Anyways, oh my God. If anyone thinks I'm serious, just don't listen to us, please. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. We will chat at you on Thursday. Have a great start to your week. Okay, everybody, that wraps up another episode of the Oil Country Podcast presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, every team, everywhere. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. We really appreciate the support. As far as our schedule, we do release episodes every Monday and Thursday through the Hockey Podcast Network. You can search them up on any podcast app, SoundCloud, iTunes, et cetera, et cetera, the whole nine yards. The other new exciting thing that's going to be happening in the next uh, about a week into February is we are getting our own individual feeds with the Hockey Podcast Network. So you can still continue to subscribe to the main feed and get 31 teams podcasts in addition to the extra ones with Terry Ryan, et cetera, et cetera. Or if you want to just listen to us, if that's you're just looking for your Oilers fix, you can look up the Oil Country podcast feed presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. That's the best way to get our episodes as early as possible and auto download those to your device or stream them or whatever you want to do. After you guys listen to us, if you want to get in contact with us or give us any feedback, we would love if you could hit us up on Twitter at at Oil Country Pod. Or you can leave us a text or a voicemail at 587-415-2894. You can also reach us at www.oilcountrypodcast.com. We are a little bit late with updating our archived episodes, so we're a little bit behind there. We know most people listen to a feed, so we're not super, super concerned there. But that is on our to-do list. But you can contact us through there if you want to be a guest on our show leave a question for us. You can contact us through that website and it's got a little bit more information for you there as well. One of the things, if you are enjoying what you're hearing from us, 
the thing you can do that helps us out the absolute most, obviously sharing on social media, et cetera, et cetera. But if you leave us a review, I know some services don't let you leave that review, but I know if you're on iTunes or Google Play, anything like that, if you leave us a positive review, five-star review, if you are really liking us, that helps us with the charts and to gain more listeners and everything like that. And it would be very much appreciated. The one last thing that we're going to do before we leave you is we want to give a shout out to our personal partner, Alley Cat Brewery in Edmonton, Alberta. If you go in there at any time, you can say THPN to your server and you'll get 10% off your bill. We are another exciting thing going on with Alley Cat. We are planning on recording a live episode at the end of the month when Kyle is in Edmonton. So we're going to do that on location Keep that in mind. We're going to, we'll get you guys more details and everything like that as we get a little bit closer to the date. But if anybody wants to come in and meet us or sit in on a live recording, you can definitely do that. And we are super stoked to have uh, maybe just a couple beers at Alley Cat and see what happens with the night. I'm having more than a couple for sure. (laughs) Thank you again for listening. We will talk to you guys on next episode.